Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. What is a DCE? How do you how do DCE serve? How do you end up in this vocation? What's the path to becoming a DCE? NADCE, National Association of Directors of Christian Education, board members in the house today. We're going to learn about their vocations and how they serve, where they serve as well. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, their great support of Faith and Family on KFUO. Find out more about them on our website, kfuo.org. Find them in the sponsor section. In studio today with me, members, newly some newly elected uh, board members of uh, National Association of Directors of Christian Education in studio today. Scotty Hansen, DCE at beautiful Savior Lutheran Church in La Vista, Nebraska. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, well, it's good to be here. Thank you. Glad to have you here today. And uh, you're serving as uh, your newly elected member at large for the board of uh, National Association of DCEs. Is that correct? That's right. So I'm hoping that somebody on the board tells me what that means. <laughs> but uh, we're, I'm proud to serve. It's I was a part of uh, part of the discussion when we started the talks about creating an ADCE. So uh, it's fine. It, it's fun to be invited to be a part of that many years later. Where would we find La Vista, Nebraska? Well, it's just right outside Omaha. So when people ask me, I say I'm from Omaha. It sounds tropical. No one one knows, you know, where La Vista is. So it sounds very tropical in Nebraska. And it's very, well, it's 95 degrees with 95% humidity most of the summer. So (laughs) So I guess there's that. And Sherry Salander from Christ Lutheran Church in La Mesa, California. Sherry, welcome. Thank you. And you are the new chair-elect for NADCE. I am. First meeting, chair-elect. It's a bit daunting, but I hope to rise to the occasion. And serving Christ Lutheran Church in La Mesa. How long have you been at Christ Lutheran? Been there 28 years. Wow, that's a milestone. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I look forward to learning more about your service there and uh, and what brought you to this uh, to this vocation of DCE in studio as well. Andrew Nelson, DCE at Chapel of the Cross in St. Peter's, Missouri, and uh, returning guest here on Faith and Family. Andrew, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Glad to, that uh, that you accepted the invitation and came back. I didn't scare you too much last time. No, not too bad. You make it pretty easy. <laughs> Well, glad to have you all here today, and you're in St. Louis for the uh, the, the annual meeting of the, the uh, board for NADCE, and lots of accomplished, I'm sure, when you put a bunch of DCEs together in one room, and uh, <laughs> lots of work. You're all grinning at one another. <laughs> Nobody's saying anything. Pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, Pretty no, fun. It's, a good, it's a good time. It's, um, it's good to gather around God's Word and with God's people, and... Uh, really talk about the greater church. You know, we get bogged down a lot with what we're doing in our setting, whether it's just simply a youth ministry setting or a small congregation or a large congregation, even multi-site. But uh, to step back and say, how can we serve the greater church, the greater field, the profession of DCEs? It's a fun conversation. What is uh, what is a DCE? What, what do you do as a DCE or what is your... Um, how do you define that that work of a DCE? Who take a shot take... at it, Andrew. He had <laughs> he had the 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 definition that I remember from college. Yeah. So the the definition adopted accepted is um, called and commissioned lifespan educator trained for team ministry in the LCMS. So um, you know DCE you direct Christian education and by nature being a commissioned worker. Uh, you are working in a team with an ordained 
uh, minister or ministers uh, to teach, uh, make disciples, as Scotty mentioned before we went on air, um, for all generations, all ages, um, to spread the gospel. It's a wonderful mission. It's a wonderful opportunity. And within that, some may specialize in a, a certain area as well. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Let's learn about what brought you to this vocation. Sherry, What? when did you first learn about Directors of Christian Education and why did you pursue that? As a seventh grader in Salina, Kansas, had moved to a new town, um, new neighborhood, and right behind me, um, moved in at the same time, uh, Rich Sokin and his family. And he was a director of Christian education at the church that my family was uh, joining. And so right away, uh, this man became a discipler and a friend and um, a man of God in my family's life. And so I had modeled from seventh grade on a DCE. And um, he was a very much a faith influence in my life and in my family's life. And so uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, I was at a lock-in. And it was in the middle of the night, and a bunch of us students were in the kitchen of my church <laughs> talking to uh, field students from Concordia, Nebraska, who were there to lead the lock-in, and one of them was, uh, two of them, Steve and Dee Christopher, they weren't married at the time, and Steve said, have any of you ever thought about being a DCE? That was it for me. Uh, Why wouldn't I want to get to work in a church, disciple students, um, get to work with God's people and have fun and go to lock-ins. Of course, that was my thought at the time as a 15-year-old high school student. And so it stuck and that's how I became a DCE. I'm sure our perceptions on the many aspects of this have uh, this vocation have changed over time. Perhaps the uh, the discipleship part is still just you're just as passionate. Maybe not the lock-ins. Yeah, <laughs> try not to do those as much as possible. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about uh, becoming a DCE and that that formation for you. Um, where did you study? What did you What did you learn? Was there an emphasis in your studies along the way? Uh, Yeah, I went to Concordia, Nebraska, which was Concordia Teachers College at the time, (laughs) um, and had not, uh, we didn't have a Lutheran school, um, and so had not been discipled in that way in the faith, and so getting to Concordia, Nebraska was a bit of a a challenge for me, uh, knowing the Bible well and uh, methods of Lutheran education, so the focus was... uh, uh, Lutheran education with an emphasis in DCE ministry. So theology classes and um, Lutheran education methods classes that were extremely valuable and being a part of that community on campus and getting to see people who were committed to Lutheran education um, for a lifetime and getting to be with uh, people gifted in teaching and discipling um, and a a church worldview uh, was a part of that education and that five years that was extremely valuable and getting to build relationships that would form who I was as a Lutheran educator for the rest of my life. After your, your, your formal education, 
than uh, going out into the field as a DCE. Uh, was it what you expected it to be? <laughs> uh, it was scary. It was. <laughs> it's a bit of a uh, curve. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 was um, an adventure with God is kind of what it was, and to not know or have any control really about where we were going to go, internship um, and first call uh, was huge uh, learning lesson about adventures in faith and and leaning on God and trusting that God had the church and the call and all of that was in his hands. It, it was uh, a great part of the faith adventure of being a called worker in God's church. And so, yeah, I... I look back on that, and that was exciting times. Really scary, and again, (laughs) a faith lesson. Tell me about the work that you do today uh, in the congregation you serve, Christ Lutheran in La Mesa, California. La Mesa is San Diego, and so I work at a a great church with a legacy of uh, church workers, teachers, pastors, DCEs who love Jesus and stay at our place for the long haul. That's uh, a quite unique feature of working at Christ La Mesa. I am coordinator of youth ministries there. So I work with all of our youth um, uh, lifelong learning um, programs. I specifically work with senior high there and then administrate over the other uh, children and youth ministry that takes place in the, in that church. We have a an awesome school, uh, preschool through eighth grade, is on our site, and so that gives us uh, a unique uh, aspect also in our community. And um, we we love Jesus, and we love to. Uh, develop disciples um, who are out there developing other disciples. And that's what we do at Christ Lutheran from birth to the grave. Hmm. And so it's an exciting place to be. Have you had opportunities since thinking back to that, that night in the kitchen at your (laughs) church in Nebraska and, and, uh, and a fellow DCE said, have you thought about being a director of Christian education? What about for you now and uh, those you serve? Have you had opportunities or have you um, sought opportunities to encourage others to consider church work in the future? Yeah, that's another legacy of Christ Lutheran. We can't even count the number of um, Lutheran church workers and not even just Lutheran, but church workers, missionaries that have come from Christ Lutheran and that are out in the world. So uh, we have generations of uh, God workers that are out there. So yes, and hopefully it's just because they see who we are and um, our mission and they want to be a part of that. And that, that is often what it is. They see that we we love God and we love others and that it's it's a it's a calling and that they want to be a part of that. So hopefully because of what we do and who we are, they see that and they want to they want to take part. Scotty, when did you first hear about uh, DCEs or learn what a DCE was? Well, I had uh, when I was younger, I had been exposed to a couple DCEs, but I really didn't have a good understanding until. I became a believer in, in adult life. And then once that happened, um, as my faith grew, uh, I was looking for kind of a shift in, 
what I was doing to serve the church full time. So I kind of came into it by accident when I learned that I could study as a graduate student at Concordia Seward. So then, you know, I was vaguely familiar with what a DCE was. But for me, the, the concept of being a DCE was it kind of spoke to the time before I was a believer. So I I was aware of God. I was I would say I believed in God. I wasn't a believer because I didn't understand the gospel. I didn't understand how Jesus died for me. I had no concept of that. But I always believed that there was a God and that I was bad and I would go to hell if I died. And I walked around with that weight for most of my childhood and my teen years and going into college. And so when that weight was lifted, uh, finally, when a very incredible college professor discipled me to the Lord, and that began the search for, I was never really that interested in leading a worship service, you know? Everybody kind of has a vague idea what a pastor is, but I just was interested in other people who were like me, who had a weight, you know, that could be lifted. And so DCE ministry then was a really good fit. I met a guy named Mark Blanke when I first got to Concordia, which many DCEs that uh, go to school at Seward would be very familiar with him. And uh, so that's really the path. I think God, of course, I think God had that laid out for me from birth. What did you learn from Mark Blanke and other professors as you studied at Concordia on this path to becoming a DCE? Well, I think that, oh, geez, I was that type <laughs> of student that probably learned more after I got out that I should have listened to Mark when I was in school. <laughs> I mean, I guess I learned that, you know, there's a place in the church for someone to try to continually refocus people on that you never stop growing in the Lord. You know, that as, as your whole life progresses, you know, a lot of people, when they think of eternal life, right, they think of after we die. But the truth is eternal life begins the minute you become a believer. And that eternal life starts with why we're still on this earth and that there's a, there's a place in God's kingdom for people that just love the concept of getting people to refocus on their faith. And continually growing. And then the more you know, the more that opens up another door. And then scripture will open up again. And then you can learn a new meaning of the concept of, 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 uh, of any given Bible story. And then it just never ends all the way up until we finally go home to glory. Hmm. What would you say is the, the where is the, the word in your vocation? What, what role does it play in your vocation? You mean the role of God's word? I mean, yes. obviously you know, to be, I don't know. What do you think about that <laughs> guys? Well, we're forever a student ourselves of mm -hmm. God's word, always learning it and a, a lover of God's word. And for, pe for people to see us loving to teach it, to be in it. And it is a challenge. We, we never are fully there with God's word. And so, I think as as directors of Christian education, it's about learning to love that word, learning to um, be a lifelong learner of all God has for us in that word and, and lifting that up. What do you think, Scotty? No, I'd agree with that. I just, uh, I'm just having trouble finding the words <laughs> to describe God's word. I mean, that's a, that's a tall question that you just ask, you know, yeah. because it, it's, you know, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. 
for I guess for me it's the it's it's a it's a it's an invitation every morning to be in God's presence. You know, when you sit down and look at scripture, I mean, to me it's an adventure because you're 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 looking through, I mean, look at what God has done in the lives of all of these people and then, you know, he was so kind enough to write it all down so I get to be a part of, mm. you know, incredible stories like David and Goliath and, you know, and so it's an adventure um and and, and it's a it's a beacon. You know, because no matter how bad life gets or how rough uh, things become, you know, it's it's constant source of hope. I mean, it's 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 a constant uh, uh, something you can reach out to every day where you can receive hope and mm-hmm. say, you know, my my hope is in the Lord, and that all of these problems are temporary. And then I think it, as a DCE, it's more exciting because then you get to introduce that to someone new. You know, constantly. I mean, you you're constantly in contact with other people, and you can share. You, this is my experience, and this can be yours too. What does your work look like today as a DCE? I'm a director of discipleship in my church, and so I, uh, so my my job is 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 administrative. I have a preschool program and a childcare program, Sunday school, and so I'm a generalist as a DCE. Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of different age groups. Um, the favorite part of my job, though, is is seventh grade confirmation. So there's lots of talented people at our church that could teach that. But for me, that's like the ministry of hog. And it's because <laughs> it's all these these kids who are asking quest, you know important questions and they're and they're learning to take responsibility for their faith. And they're not cynical yet. you know they haven't <laughs> they haven't had enough of the world to make them jaded. They're still open and their eyes are open. And it's a joy. That's the by far the most favorite thing I do um, is to get to teach confirmation. I'm thankful to moms and dads who allow me a shot at their kids once a week. You know, for a couple of years, that's a big responsibility. It's my favorite, though. Hmm. Andrew, when did you first learn about this uh, vocation of DCE? I have always known of the DCE. So... Um, <laughs> I literally grew up in the church, and uh, my father was a DCE, so I am second generation, so to speak. And uh, my fondest memories growing up are, you know, being in the church, whether it was on Sunday morning, uh, whether it was during the week or in the summers. You know, opening up the equipment closet in the gym and uh, <laughs> playing while my dad finished up something or had a meeting, and so. Uh, I learned firsthand uh, watching my dad as I grew up what it meant to be a DCE, what it looked like to be a DCE, uh, the highs and the lows of working for the church and uh, just being a sinner and yet called to teach the gospel, Um, working for a church uh, full of sinful people that are redeemed by Christ and the good, the bad, and the ugly that comes with that. So um, I can easily say... I've never known a time when I didn't know what a DCE was. You got to see it firsthand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the behind the scenes things. Yeah, which is great. Um, And yet you still chose that vocation. Yeah. Or perhaps God chose it. Which is odd um, and absolutely a God thing. Uh, You know, I kind of going back to Sherry's question, a question you offered Sherry at first. I've always known what a DCE was, but um, it wasn't till at least my sophomore year of college when that's what I knew God was calling me to do. And uh, a little bit of a Jonah 
situation where um, I, I ran from it from quite a ways. And, you know, I don't, I've seen it. You had big plans of Hollywood. Really I wouldn't say Hollywood, but uh, <laughs> I was never that talented. But I had all sorts of other dreams in other def- directions. But um, somehow God put me at Concordia, Nebraska, where uh, when I decided my other dreams weren't going to work out, I was surrounded by people who are kind of final push to say, what about DCE ministry? And uh, that was a good a good place for God to put me so that I didn't have to move or transfer or change things. I could just seamlessly kind of answer God's call in that situation. Tell me more about that, uh, that DCE formation at Concordia, Nebraska, what you learned as you studied and prepared for uh, becoming a DCE. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest part of it was getting outside of what my perception of the profession was. You know, I saw my dad do it. I participated in my own youth group. Um, But to see the intentionality behind it, the gospel focus behind it, uh, the educational methodologies behind it, the theological implications of it, the whole deal, and and how the uh, DCE as a commissioned minister fits into, you know, the overall ministry of the church and uh, it's very eye-opening and, you know, knowing that it's more than just playing with kids. It's more than just having a great games book in your back pocket, but it is spiritual formation and it is uh, living the gospel and uh, not just having a job, but being in ministry with all that you have all the time. All of you here are experienced DCEs serving in the field now for some time. How do you... I'm sure there are times when uh, you may grow weary or be tired. Uh, how do you keep the saw sharp? How do you stay uh, on top of what you're given to do? How do you stay on top of that? Being surrounded by a great staff and a pastor who uh, challenges us in professional and spiritual growth and having them around um to encourage us uh, in spiritual habits that help in all kinds of times, including the times where energy's gone and needing rest. So um, we, as a staff, we uh, celebrate together, we worship together, we uh, study together. And so being a part of that is uh, uh, refreshing and challenging and keeps us keeps all of us and me going and uh, recognizing seasons that there's seasons of ministry and seasons of personal life and uh, to follow God's rhythm and to know uh, that I need to rest Uh, and society doesn't model that well. Mm. And as church workers, we don't always model that very well either. So, um, Making time uh, to rest and to really Sabbath is super important to be a lifelong uh, Lutheran Christian educator in God's church. So um, uh, working to to have that habit and those habits, staying in God's word, being in a sacrament, um, all of that is a really important part of the being a lifelong 
Christian educator. Scotty, how about you? What do you do to uh, to keep the saw sharp? Well, I mean, I think that you have to sit down uh, from time to time and just make some decisions on what's truly important. You know, because you're working in a church and churches are hospitals for sick people. You know, and when and they're going through some difficult times and they can't necessarily see God to lash out at God, so they lash out at, you know, God's people. And so there are difficult moments in the ministry. And so I just have to go back to uh, God's promise for me, God's promise for my life, you know, that he was, you know, that he's watching out for me, that he's watching over me, that he lives inside of me, that he takes a, took up residence in me at my baptism and has never left me. And understand that, you know, because you uh, live your life in the ministry, sometimes things are going to happen. You know, that's what Jesus promised. People are going to hate you because of me. <laughs> and, uh, but the, f- I would say in a practical sense, you know, I have, my wife is incredible. She's, she has the gift of faithfulness. She, you know, when you're, when you're a teenager and you're asking questions about, God, you know, she was just not that type of person. She just has enduring faithfulness in God and is never, and it's never left her. Hmm. And so to have someone like that to go home to and my children, you know, those are the things that are incredibly important. Those are the things that make you stop and go, you know what, what happened today really isn't a big deal in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> I'm blessed. I have a roof over my head uh, and I have a wife and I have kids and even Jesus didn't have that, you know, and look at the gifts he's, he's given me. And I think that gives you the power to go back in and, and, and uh, put, in a, put in a Tuesday after you've had a difficult Monday. <laughs> 30 seconds, Andrew, uh, is about what we have left. What do you do to keep this all sharp? You know, I think I could repeat everything that's been said, but uh, for me, just doing your job keeps the saw sharp because kids are always getting older. You know, things are always changing. And so you can't just make a program once and keep it forever. And so it's fun to always be on your toes, knowing that um, from year to year, from month to month, that the groups that you're working with are going to change. And uh, it's good to always be on your toes just by simply doing ministry, which is a fun, fun part of it. Being in the ministry and the, the, the heart of that ministry is the word. You've all said that, that the word is at the center of that ministry. So whether you're being a student of the word or teaching that word, uh, I hear you saying that that's what's keeping you sharp. Thank you all for being my guest today. It was a pleasure to, uh, to chat with you, learn more about your vocations. Andrew Nelson at uh, Chapel of the Cross, Lutheran Church, St. Peter's, Missouri. Sherry Solander at Christ Lutheran Church, La Mesa, California. And Scotty Hansen, beautiful Savior, La Vista, Nebraska. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. More Faith and Family. Sarah talks with one of our missionaries up next. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.